Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. What a tumultuous few months we've endured in our nation and in our city, with floods and freezes, with pandemic and political unrest. The government has responded by giving a stimulus package to people, hoping that it will help the economy move forward. Over the next few days, I will be sharing a message about God's stimulus plan. He's always had a plan to be a blessing to his people, no matter what's going on. It's nothing new, but it's still available to you if you would trust God with all your heart. Now come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's word. God has a stimulus plan for all of us who belong to him. And if there was ever a good time to be stimulated for God's blessings, it is now. Sometimes when it looks like things are bleakest is the time that God's blessing will flow your way. And in the middle of tough times, I believe God will show himself strong for his people who are faithful and who love him with all of their hearts. And God will do some amazing things right in the middle of tough times. It was Jesus Christ who set the table for us at the beginning of this series. He said to us in the book of Matthew chapter 6, do not worry about your life. He said, do not worry because we are God's people. How many of you belong to God in here today? We are God's people. He said, do not worry because God has a plan. God is never without a plan for those of us who are his. And then he said, do not worry because God provides. God provides. And then he said, do not worry because God keep his promises. When God promises to provide, God promises to take care of us, God keeps his promises. And then Fifthly, he said, do not worry because God invites you to participate with him. It is a collaborative effort between ourselves and God. God is not going to move in our lives without our participation. So you can wait all you want to for God to do something amazing. God is going to say, you're not waiting on me, I'm waiting on you. Then we looked at the story of the widow woman who was in debt And her creditors were threatening to take her two sons as slaves to work off the debt. The prophet of God was on the scene and asked her two questions. He said to her, what can I do for you? And then he asked her, what do you have in your house? She said, I have nothing. And then she thought, except a little oil. She saw a little oil. God saw an oil business. So I close that message with this question for you. What do you have in your house? What do you have in your house? What do you have of of value? What do you have that can be used? And I challenge you to allow God through the Holy Spirit to reveal what is of value for you to work with. What's in your heart? 
What is that dream that you've always had? What is that idea that you've always had? That thing that you want to always accomplish? Most of us have had from one time or another an idea that we'd like to be in a business for ourselves. We'd like to, to start a business. We could see ourselves prosperous. We could see ourselves managing. We could see ourselves in charge. We could see ourselves producing something. Now, if you've never been there, you need to go over and start all over again. But if you never had a dream, you need to say, Lord, give me a dream. Give me a vision about something. What's in your heart? If nothing's in your heart, that's not going to be anything in your house. What's in your heart? What's in your house? And what's in your hand? That's what we need to look at. And now the question becomes, for those who say, well, I've, I've, I have something in my heart, I, I have something in my house, I have something in my hand, but what do I do with it and how do I move forward? How do I access whatever plan that God has for me? We're going to talk about that today and we're going to turn to one of the people who are most often mentioned in Scripture as the wisest person who ever lived and that is Solomon. Solomon was the most successful and prosperous king in the history of Israel. His innovation and ingenuity was legendary. You can read about that uh, in the scriptures as we see the queen of Sheba, who was a foreign queen. She had heard about Solomon and she made a trip to Israel to see and to visit and try to get a glimpse of this man that was legendary around the then known world. In 2 Chronicles chapter 9, verse 3, the scripture says, when the queen of Sheba saw the wisdom of Solomon, as well as the palace he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his officials, the attendant servants in their robes, the cupbearers in their robes, and the burnt offerings he made at the temple of the Lord, she was overwhelmed. She said to the king, the report I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true. But I did not believe what they said until I came and saw with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half the greatness of your wisdom was told me for you have far exceeded the report I heard. The King, James said, the King James put it this way. She said, the half has not been told about what you have accomplished. It was Solomon then who gives us some practical and powerful steps to access and initiate God's stimulus plan in our life. And this is going to be nothing new. It's just going to be something we need to employ. Turn to the book of Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to begin at verse 1. And this is what he says. My son, do not forget my teachings, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Now, I want you to notice that these instructions are given to his son. And if there's anyone that parents would like to succeed and to be prosperous, it is our children. 
So let me just say it one more time. If there's anyone I want to see successful and prosperous, it is my children. I don't need them staying at the house when they're 30 because they ain't got nowhere to stay and they ain't got no money. Let me put it that way. I don't need them hustling me and begging me and living off of me when they're grown. Now you can say amen. Say amen. So if there's anybody you want to be successful, it is your children, and you have to give them some instructions. You have to give them some instructions, and here's what Solomon is doing. He's saying, my son, so he's going to give them advice, and we will give them advice. I give my children advice that I know has been proven and that has worked in my case. Now, if you're not successful, you want to get some advice from somebody else. So we're getting some advice from Solomon. Solomon was passing along some biblically-based business principle. Don't you know they're biblically-based business principle? And even people who don't know the Bible will use some biblical principles. And they are successful. And he said to his son, listen to my words. Do not forget my teaching. Listen to this. Don't forget it. Keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. They will prolong your life. Listen to my teaching. Now, my father didn't tell me some strategic teaching like this, but he had another way to put it. He said, you need to go to work, and you need to work hard, because if you do not work, you will steal, and if you steal, you will kill, and you won't live long. That's the same thing he said, but that was the Martin expanded version. Solomon then teaches his sons, and he began with a strategic plan. Verse 5 says this, here's the strategic plan for you. You need to circle this and come back to this to begin with. He says, first of all, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. That's the NIV. The King James says he will direct your path. Now, let's break that down a little bit. He says, first of all, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now, you notice that word Lord is all capital letters. That means something different than the one that's capital L and the Lord, O-R-D. This is the Lord God Almighty. El Shaddai, the one who's the creator of the universe, the one who has all power to do all things. Trust in the Lord. Come on, say that. Trust in the Lord. He said, before you do anything, you want to make a decision on where you're going to place your trust. Let me say it one more time. Before you do anything, before you go forward with a business plan or a business idea or something you want to accomplish, make a decision on where you're going to place your trust. And then he tells you where to place it, trusting in the almighty creator, the ruler of everything. And then he tells you how to trust him. He said, do it with all your heart. 
Don't half-heartedly trust him. Don't just trust him as an aside. Don't just say, oh yeah, you know I trust the Lord. He said, no, trust him, with all, trust him with all your heart. And if you are not going to begin with this principle, do not expect the power or the wisdom of God to assist you in your endeavor. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then secondly, he said, do not depend on your own understanding. Do not depend on your own understanding. That doesn't mean you're not smart. It doesn't mean you're not intelligent. He said, don't put all of your confidence in your own understanding. It was God who says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I can see the end from the beginning. I know everything in between. I know what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, and how it's going to play out before you get started. You can't compete with me when it comes to thinking about things. God can give you wisdom and insight that you would just never have even figured it out. People are discovering things every day. And the thing about discovering it, they discovered it. God already knew it. God doesn't have to discover anything. He knows everything. And he has to reveal it. That's why Solomon asked God for one thing when God says, anything you want, Solomon, just ask for it and I will give it to you. Anything. Boy, what would you ask for if God told you that? You'd just get a list. How, well, how many things can I, can I can ask for, Lord? The Lord says one. What would you ask for? Solomon says, I want wisdom. Because if I get the wisdom of God, I can do a whole lot with that. You can ask for money and lose the money quicker than you got it if you don't have wisdom. Do not depend on your own understanding. And then thirdly, he says, acknowledge the Lord in all your ways. Acknowledging is inquiring. Acknowledging is asking. Okay, Lord, what do we want to do about this? All right, Lord, I'm bringing this to you. Lord, I need your wisdom on this. I need your direction on this. God never gets tired or bored with us coming to him, asking him for understanding and wisdom and direction and what to do on some things. You can look all through scripture and see how God would just move for people uh, when people would just ask them. When Sarah's handmaiden got pregnant, Hagar, and Sarah got jealous and put her out the house and put her out in the desert, gave her a little water out in the desert, and she ran out of water, and she found a little place to sit, and she was going to cry and just die. Uh, She didn't know how she was going to make it. The angel of the Lord came to her and said, Hagar, you're sitting on that little well. Just go right around the corner right there, and you're sitting right there. It was there all the time. She just didn't know it, but the wisdom of God. God told Isaiah to go tell Hezekiah, you're going to die. He was sick and couldn't get well. Hezekiah prayed and God said, go back, Isaiah, and tell him that uh, uh, I'm going to give him some more time. But what about his sickness? Uh, see that fig tree right there? Just get some leaves off that fig tree and grind it together, make a little salve out of it and give it to him to put it on there. He'll be healed. It was there all the time. He just didn't know it. He probably was eating the figs. God knows. You don't know. God knows. God knows what. God knows when. God knows how. God knows what to tell you to say, stop, don't go that direction. But it looks good. God said, all that glitter ain't gold. Amen. He knows how to tell you. 
Acknowledge the Lord and how many of your ways? And you know what all means in the Greek? All. And then he says, to access God's direction. Acknowledge him in all of your ways and he will direct your path. He will direct your path when you acknowledge him. That's from experience. Solomon is saying he will make your path straight. He'll tell you exactly where to go, when to go, and how to do it. That's a strategic plan. So you have a strategic plan before you take off. Then once you have your strategic plan about how you need to move forward, then you need an operational plan. Once we move forward with this, Lord, and we start our business, start our enterprise, or start whatever we need to do, uh, how do we function? What do we do when we start getting income? We start getting customers. We start doing this. Solomon says in the same chapter, I'm going to tell you what you do when you start making money. Number, verse 9 says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruit of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. In essence, once you start your business, once you start your enterprise, once you start your farm, once you start your garden, once you start whatever you start, once you start your new job and whatever it is you're doing, be sure that you honor God with what you make. But this is the amen section over here. I don't know what's going on this side over here. <laughs> Honor God with what you make. And uh, it doesn't make sense to people who don't really trust God. No, no, he said trust God with all of your heart, right? But people who don't know God, the first thing they do when they get some money, they get some customers, they get some income, they get some increase, they're trying to figure out where I need to spend it and all of this. They don't think about honoring God with it. So look, let's look at that. He says, honor God with your wealth. This is a conscious, deliberate decision to offer and honor the Lord, the same Lord, L-O-R-D, the one who supplies, with your wealth and your profit. With your wealth and your profit. Now, we're not talking about with your millions. You know where your wealth is? Your wealth is what came in. Your wealth is what came in that you didn't have. Do you honor God with it? We honor the Lord with our tithes. We honor the Lord with our offering. We honor the Lord with our contributions. Listen, if we don't faithfully give to the Lord, we don't really trust the Lord. If we don't faithfully, can y'all just jump ahead of them just one time over here on this side? If we don't faithfully give to the Lord, we don't trust the Lord. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. See, our tithes and our offerings aren't payments for his blessings. Rather, they are evidence of our faith and our obedience. That's not payment. That's coming and say, thank you, Lord, for what you've given me. I know where it comes from. If you didn't give it to me, I wouldn't have it. If, 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 you, if I didn't have the health to get out of my bed, I couldn't go to work today. I couldn't do anything. Giving is a heart preparation for what God wants to say to us and what God wants to do through us and for us. 
God knows our hearts. He knows our attitude. He knows our responses. God knows who's really trusting him. And God knows who's going to give him glory and give him honor for everything that comes through. And God knows how to bless him. People who are givers are continually blessed. Ask, ask Mattress Mac. You know, I don't know where he is with the Lord, but I know this. He has a giving heart. <laughs> and he keeps on getting blessed, even though he went bet on the Super Bowl. He went, I said, well, praise God. He got that $3 million bet won. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not telling you to do that. I said, this, this side said amen when I said amen. They said amen on that, yeah. But I'm not telling you to go out and bet no money. But God blesses him because he's always have a giving heart. Did you see that? All of you who don't have water and lights and stuff in your house, come on into this place and stay here. And you know, he didn't mind the people sleeping on his new furniture. Did you see the people laying on his new beds and everything? He didn't say, okay, y'all can come in here, but y'all can't lay on the bed. That's a hard attitude. That's an understanding. That's one says, hey, the people need some help. Just come on in. Whatever I got, y'all can just use it. And that's what God is looking for in his people, that kind of an attitude so he can keep blessing you so you can be a blessing. He said, this man is a blessing. I'm going to keep blessing him. How many people he just give whole furniture to all the time? Just, I'm just going to bless that whole family. I'm going to bless that whole area over there. Wasn't too long ago, his whole place burned down. But he took a licking and kept on ticking. <laughs> he said, I'm more blessed today than I've ever been. The whole place burned down. He started back up and said, we're going back in again. Anybody need some help? He didn't say, well, if I'm just going to have about 20 people come in. He said, he just put it out there. Not only in this location, my other location as well. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Then he says, we ought to offer the Lord the first fruit of our increase. Offer him the first fruit. This is the offering to God, the first and the best of what we have. The first and the best of what we have. In Israel, honoring the Lord with the first fruit of one crops was one of the ways of expressing gratitude to him for his provision. It was the way of acknowledging God and acknowledging God's help. So the first fruits represented a total commitment to God to bring to him the best of what he blessed them with. It was to acknowledge that God was the owner of everything. It was the evidence of total commitment. God, you own everything, and this is a total commitment. So don't say you're totally committed to the Lord until your money is committed to. There are so many people who are stressed and is struggling right now because of the things that are going on around us. This is Jerry G. Martin, and I'm reminding you, God has already promised his people that he is able to provide. I certainly hope that these messages are helpful to you to know how God can stimulate you for your blessing and prosperity even in tough times. The first thing that needs to be done is to be sure you are connected with God and that you're honoring God with your life and with all that he's giving you. 
I invite you to be our guest at the Light of the World Christian Fellowship. We're meeting each Sunday in person at 16161 Old Humble Road. Again, that's 16161 Old Humble Road, 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. If you are in Humble, the Lake Houston area, Spring, Northeast Houston, Northwest Houston, you're in our neighborhood. You can also join us online each Sunday at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. If you would like to hear today's message again in its entirety or share it with someone, go to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily, Jerry G. Martin. You can enjoy today's message as well as previous messages that we've aired. If you're looking for a Bible bookstore, there's one on our campus. Call us at The Beacon, 281-441-2885. For Bibles, communion, and church supplies, call us, 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.